good morning. I wanted to touch base with you guys this morning about what it takes to um, seek help for uh, any mental health, like anxiety, depression, um, any of the other um, issues you may have, um, because it can be kind of scary when you're trying to reach out for help and find a doctor that will help you. So let's start. When I was on my journey to find a mental health provider, or another word would be a behavior health provider, I was definitely lost and very overwhelmed. I found out very quickly that it was not easy as finding a doctor to help with a cold. The process was so much more in depth, and quite frankly, it was extremely stressful. So I thought it was worth taking a look at that process for those who are in need of a good mental health provider. I want to give you some insight on what you can expect and the process of how it works. And my hope is that this will give you some peace about this process and hopefully not get frustrated and give up. Or if you have a loved one, you can help them through this process and give them that support that they need. I truly believe that mental health is just as important as physical health. And you wouldn't wait to get treatment for cancer until it's too late. So why would you wait until you're ready to jump off a ledge to give up or give up on your life to get help? So here are some steps that I recommend to take and what you can expect. Number one is you need to answer the question, do you need help with medication? Do you need somebody to talk to or do you need both? So first of all, let's define who does what. A psychiatrist is a trained medical professional and can help with medications, while a psychologist is one who helps with counseling and therapy. So one, the psychiatrist helps with the chemical imbalance that's going on in your brain or in your body, while the other one, which is the psychologist, helps with finding you new coping mechanisms, as well as provides you with a non-judgmental support system. The psychologist, they really concentrate on talking with the patient and helping them use like behavior strategies to help relieve their pain and suffering. Psychologists also address healthy coping strategies to deal with stress. Mental health issues are very painful. They're just painful in a different way than physical pain. It has been proven that physical pain and chronic illness often stem from mental health issues and long-term stressful situations. Pills and skills work together, and most often both are needed to be addressed when seeking to heal the body completely. I myself, I needed both doctors, and you will usually find them in the same office you just cannot make an appointment with the doctor on the same day because of insurance issues. So if I needed medication, then I had to make an appointment one day. And then if I needed therapy, I had to make it a different day. I also, with my chemical imbalance, I needed somebody to help me with them coping skills and to help me uh, gain some perspective when making medical decisions with my chronic illness, as well as somebody to help me with relationship issues and past traumas that I've had. Second, 
thing is to contact your insurance company. Once you know where, who you want to see, reach out to your insurance company and see what your mental health benefits are and get a list of doctors or offices that your insurance will cover. This will give you peace of mind to know if your visits will be covered. Financial stress is a number one depression and anxiety trigger in my book. You may decide to seek help with your family practitioner, which I did first. But this is where most people start. But if you really need to talk to someone, I highly recommend you look further and find an office to handle both your medication and your therapy. With the list from your insurance, you can move forward to step three. Third step is choosing a doctor and proceeding with a mental health office care. There is no secret to choosing the right person from your list that you now have in your hand, but there is a couple things you can do. First, you can ask around with others you trust and see who they go to. Second, ask your family physician who they could recommend off your list. This right here will give you some peace, knowing that others can give you a good report on the facility or the doctors that you're looking at. I did this and it was a great help and relief for me. Once you have that list and once you've picked an office, next is getting into that facility for help. So fourth is getting into the facility. Most doctors will not schedule you an appointment over the phone. I've learned that most offices that deal with mental health have a process for accepting patients. This process usually starts with you gaining computer access and going to the medical provider's website. Through this website, you will fill out an application about yourself, your mental health history, and your insurance information. And from there, you will probably wait about two to three weeks for a reply. Through this reply, you will either be accepted or rejected. Every doctor's office has their reasons, but mostly I sum it up to the degree of your mental health illness. Those people that have more complex issues or may have multiple mental health diagnoses, they may require more extensive care than some doctors um, may have time to take care of. If that is the case, I highly recommend you seek out a hospital that has its own mental health department. Hospitals generally will not turn no one away, while private practices have the option to choose which cases to take on or not. If you do not think you can wait that long to get help, go to your nearest emergency room, or you can seek out an intensive outpatient behavior health program, which we'll talk about next. Let's say you need more than just a doctor. You don't wanna go into the hospital, but you need more intense therapy and you need it now. So your fifth is the option for what they call an intensive outpatient care, or as most facilities call it, intensive behavioral health care. Intensive outpatient care consists of a three to four day a week group therapy that lasts usually from like 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Through this intensive care, you are usually in small groups and will discuss different mind strategies for dealing with your mental health issues, as well as have access to a doctor for help with your medication. Now this program usually lasts up to six weeks and there is an application process to be accepted into it. 
This application process is similar to the doctor's office, but you may have to go in person for this interview. This helps just give them an insight if they will be able to help you or if you may need some more intensive care. More intensive care on your next step would include the hospital stay. So sixth is the option for a hospital stay. This is usually the scariest and it makes you feel the most vulnerable. Hospital stays can last up to 72 hours minimum up to 11 days. It really depends on your insurance coverage and the necessity that you need it. If you feel as though you cannot wait over a weekend to see your doctor or if it takes time for medication to start working and you just don't feel like you can handle all that, then just go to your ER. Another option besides going to the ER is to call a mobile crisis unit for help. Most all major cities have these units and they will come to wherever you are and help you get the help you need. It's a one-on-one -on -one interview to assess your state of mind and to skip past the ER process. So at this point, you would be on the path of no return and help is absolutely necessity in order to guarantee your presence in this world tomorrow. So there is nothing to be ashamed of if you get to this point at all. Waiting for help, waiting for doctors to accept you, waiting for medication to take effect or finding the right one, it does take time and it can be extremely difficult to navigate on your own. Getting 24-7 help and surveillance to guarantee your safety while you wait is nothing to be ashamed of. If this is an option that you need, here are some things that you can expect when entering into the hospital. My puppy is so happy. He just does not want to be quiet this morning, guys. So here's the check-in process. First, you would check in, which would be included and in taken to a room and being assessed to make sure you are medically okay before taking you to any type of mental health floor. They wanna make sure that you don't have anything medically going on in your body that you may need assistance with first. Once you are medically sound, you will then be taken to change your clothes under supervision into scrubs or into clothes that provide you, they, they provide you, sorry, that are safe. Now, safe means just that they don't have no strings, no buckles, nothing that you could cause harm to yourself or to others with. You will also have to answer lots of questions about your state of mind, your past history, um, etc., stuff like that. Then you will need a room to stay in. So here's where it gets a little tricky. Now, all hospitals have a mental health floor or have the means to give care. If they do, it is very likely that the floor is pretty much full and there is no beds open at that time. All mental health floors are lockdown units that give patients the ability to kind of roam freely within that floor unit. It consists of a specific number of patients and it's usually a co-ed. Everyone either has their own room or they may share with one other person of the same sex. It really just depends on the facility itself. If there is no room in the hospital mental floor, they may put you in a holding area under 24-7 surveillance until one comes open 
in that part of the state. There could be a facility within 30 minutes up to three hours away. It just depends. While in that holding area, you are with all kinds of mental health patients. You can receive meds to help keep you calm, but usually the access to a doctor or any type of therapy at that time is not usually an option. There are people you could probably talk to there if you need it. It is truly a holding unit. It usually has a big open waiting room and everybody has um, a some kind of room that's probably a stainless steel bedroom with a mattress on the floor and that's it. Meals are usually delivered to you and you will wait in this area until a bed comes open in a nearby facility or within the hospital that you're at. Phone calls are usually allowed in this area once a day, but only for about 10 minutes. When a bed does come open, either in that facility or one nearby, it really doesn't matter if it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon or 2 a.m. in the morning. They will move you when it is convenient for them. Usually not in an ambulance, but a van or transportation vehicle. Once at the facility or the hospital, they will take you to the lockdown unit and you will begin the check-in process all over again. You'll have to change your clothes with supervision. You'll get questions galore about you, your life, your past, and your mental health state. Depending on where they are in the schedule for the day, you will get assigned to a bed or get sent to group therapy. Usually they'll give you time to rest because by the time you get there, you are so exhausted that your body just needs the rest and they'll give that to you. While you are there, they have a strict schedule that is required for everyone to follow. It usually consists of meeting with a doctor during business hours for medication or meeting with a social worker or both or all day uh, class and group therapy. You have meal times, shower times, and sleep times. You will also have someone check on you every 10 to 15 minutes all day and not, as well as daily assessments by a healthcare team. Pills and skills are your main focus on, in this treatment and are the main approach to dealing with mental health care. Honesty on your part is key and willingness to change your coping skills and absorb whatever knowledge on your mental health and the role it plays in your life, it will only help you reach a healthier state of mind. Now the people there that are with you are there for all different reasons. Some people are there because a family member called the cops on them. Some because they personally needed the help and sought it out. And there are some there because they did try to commit suicide and they didn't succeed. Family visitation is allowed usually once a day for about 45 minutes, but there is no physical contact usually allowed. Phone calls are also allowed, but for only specific time frames, usually an hour, and the family is the one who must call during that time. And they just have to hope that the phone isn't busy. When it is time to go home, you will be released to your family. Now, this can be hard going from one change to another very quickly. Others are bursting at the seams to get out, while there still are some that are scared and leery for what awaits them at home. Sometimes it takes a whole family 
to be willing to make some changes to provide a more stable and healthy environment for the suffering ones with mental health struggles. The more willing and helpful and supportive the family can be, the less likely chance that you or your loved one will have to go back into the hospital for treatment. Changes in routine, coping skills, and thought processes are very key, as well as opening up with your family or your loved ones that are supportive of you. <coughs> Excuse me. Once you are home, regular therapy visits and medication maintenance is very key and essential. It is a must. I recommend that you do weekly therapy and monthly medication visits until you feel stable and confident that you are heading in a healthy direction. Lastly, but not least, is the issue of substance abuse. Um, a lot of patients that have mental health issues do struggle with some sort of substance abuse issues. Without mental health care, a person will continue to rely on the coping mechanisms of drowning their pain with pills, alcohol, sex, gambling, all those addictions. Rehab is a great place, but it really needs to be followed up with mental health care also. So if you struggle with any type of substance abuse, please seek help with a rehab program that will help you break your body of the cycle of dependence, but then turn around and follow up with mental health providers to give you the support needed to stay clean and coping with your new circumstances. I hope and pray that this gives you some kind of insight, and I hope it makes your journey to find help more understanding and less scary. I personally have been through all of these steps, and if you wish to know further or are looking for help in your area of the world, please reach out. The last I want to leave with you is a verse, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. I hope this has blessed you.